Hey everybody, welcome back to the Long Lost Heroes podcast. Uh, we are back for another episode recap, uh, review, spoiler-filled episode uh, for Game of Thrones episode three. Uh, I'm Frank, and I'm here joined by AJ. How you doing? What's up? What's up, everybody? How are you? What's going on? Hey, Frank. Hey, buddy. You know, this this is great. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we're keeping this up, uh, having the recaps on Game of Thrones. Um, a lot happened this week. Uh, <laughs> something that so um, we, pro- you know, we've been waiting, and book readers especially, have been waiting for years and years. Um, the meeting of Daenerys Targaryen and Jon Snow. actually on screen in the same room together knowing each other's names it was unbelievable like and i think you know a lot of us probably going in were you know like okay we'll probably get them together you know john's heading to dragonstone um but i don't know if we necessarily expected to have you know like 20 minutes or something of screen time with them together. There was a lot going on. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I agree with you. There was a ton going on, but it, it was so deserved. And it also didn't go the way that I thought it would go. Like I thought it would be a good or a bad meeting. I didn't expect it to be like a, a, a weird meeting that like <laughs> would lead to them, like having a little, another like second little flirty meeting later. So, I think that it's interesting the way that they, you know, the way that they juxtapose these characters who we've seen built up for so long and you see them together and you're like, well, you know, uh, uh, Daenerys reads her CV, you know, every time someone says her name, you know, she's yeah. the unburnt, the mother of dragons, the breaker of chains, you know, like freer of slaves, all these different things. And she, you know, kind of wears this as her, like, this is her crown instead of her name and her legacy is her crown. Whereas, like, Jon Snow, like, yeah, his legacy is also incredible, but it's much more, uh, you know, fantastical in some ways in that he came back to life. He's seen giants and white walkers and whites and, you know, all these different elements of the story that he's experienced on his way here. And, you know, finally to see the two of them in a room together was just absolute... Uh, Game of Thrones magic. Um, and then a little bit of a battle of the hype men, you know, watching these two guys kind of, you know, uh, two different elements, you know, uh, Varys and Tyrion, as well as uh, D- Davos, Davos. kind of like trying to build up their uh, guys over here. Yeah, you know, it, and it's interesting. It, it, <laughs> I think it's really funny, too, that it spawned a ton of memes this week, you know, <laughs> from uh, the, the two Starbucks cups where it's like, <laughs> Daenerys Targaryen, Breaker of Chains, Khaleesi, like, across the Great Sea, whatever, like, on written on a Starbucks cup, and it's like, Jon Snow and the King of the North. Like, it, it was just very funny, and I think it played off really well, um, but it sort of speaks a little bit to, I think more so to Jon's character in that he's he's pretty humble in his, like, upbringing, and he's like, I, I didn't ask for this. I never wanted to be, you know, the ruler or whatever. And so he's he's just telling it like it is, like, I need help, you know, we have this threat in the North that if we if we don't band together now, we're all lost. Um, and, you know, Daenerys, it's her, her birthright, it's her, the mission she's been on since the beginning of the show to come back to Westeros and to, you know, take the rightful 
throne. Um, and But in doing so, she also, like you said, has this, these credentials and these things that she's done that have, uh, you know, given her credit and um, give her even more of a right to, to, to rule these people. Um, but yeah, I mean, having, having Davos go on and on and, and talk about Jon Snow and all the things that he's done, the things he's seen, but ultimately like, Jon cuts him off at a specific point, you know, and I think that's a very interesting element that I, I think maybe we'll see moving forward. And it's something that I hadn't thought about going into the episode because, you know, Basically, she uh, he cuts Davos off before he says that he was resurrected and brought back to life, um, which at first I sort of assumed that, you know, more people probably would have known this by now. Melisandre, who did this to Jon, is on Dragonstone. I, you know, would she have told Danny and Tyrion, etc.? But obviously she did not. And, uh, you know, I, I think that withholding of information is going to be critical in the future. And it'll either bring Danny more onto John's side or it's going to create even more tension. Oh, I completely agree. And I think that you're going to see so much more, uh, you know, infighting within her small council. You're absolutely going to see, you know, Jon Snow be kind of stuck at Dragonstone for a while because it doesn't seem like he can very easily leave just yet. But... We also do, and just to kind of wrap up on Janny, uh, Janny, Danny and John. I guess that's uh, how we ship them, right, Janny? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ship it. Uh, they have a little bit of a scene later on in the episode, and uh, ultimately, John is now allowed to begin mining the dragon glass. I don't know what he's going to do that with, but all right, good, good on you, boy. Go for it. Go find your dragon glass, and uh, I'm excited to see what comes of that next. You know, I want to see their relationship develop. I want to see. Uh, Jon Snow leave Dragonstone with some good dragon glass and, you know, keep keep moving along. Uh, yeah. keep, talk about uh, people who are leaving dragon glass, but people who may be hoping to come back to it, and Dragonstone, rather. Uh, Jor Marmont. Yeah, Motherfucker man. is cured. <laughs> that was easy. Like <laughs> That was easy. Yeah, okay, like, follow the instructions, Sam. I, I, I read a book and I followed the instructions and he was cured. Okay, great, simple. Uh, <laughs> like curing grayscale for dummies, like right here. <laughs> so I, I think it's very interesting, like the subtlety that that says. Maybe that uh, like also like makes me love the show is like, you know, of course, like you know the religious ways to do it like exist, and you know, or you can go and be by dragon glass for however you need, however long you need to be for, but you know, ultimately. It's the science that saves him and the practice of good science that Sam is able to execute in his maesterly duties. Mm -hmm. um, and it was cool to see him kind of uh, succeed here. I didn't think he were, it was necessarily going to go well. I also thought he was going to get into a little bit more trouble than to have to rewrite the scrolls. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, very exciting stuff for Sam. What did you think of... Uh, Jorah's uh, new little uh, war uh, marks on his chest. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad that, that he was cured. Um, I, I think, you know, there's always the possibility that it, it could come back. But, you know, right now it's looking pretty good. I'm very proud of Sam. I am also surprised that he was not um, booted out of the Citadel. Um, but, you know, obviously there is, there is more story for him 
there. Um, I, I think some of us were like, oh, well, we should see him on Dragonstone too. But we, we did see, I think in this episode, that he sent the, the Ravens. And so obviously, you know, John knows about it. And like everyone's sort of like the information's passing through. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think Jorah's clearly heading heading there. We're going to have a reunion in before the season ends between Jorah and Danny, and that's going to be really great and powerful. But I think still ultimately uh, I, I see Jorah Mormon as, as someone that will probably end up sacrificing his life for her sometime before the end of the series. And, like, I, I, I am okay with that. I'm glad that he's better. But, you know, he's you know someone that I think another interesting uh, character to meet John. So I kind of hope he gets there uh, sooner rather than later because this is, you know, another pairing that we weren't necessarily thinking about, you know, like when Sam met Jorah because they have that connection with the Night's Watch and uh, Jor Mormont, his father. So, like, to have them together and, like, for Jon Snow to be carrying his father's sword, like, and, like that could be a more reason for, for them to unite. You know, there's another commonality. Mormont is from the North. Like, so, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, it may be a, uh, an element of ships passing in the night, but we'll see because I, I do think John's going to be there for a little bit longer. Um, it, but I think, again, like, like you said, things are happening so quickly. Um, this is a different show than it used to be. You know, yeah, it is. It, like, it started last season, but, and it, it's really satisfying, but you know, it's not that slow, methodical approach that came from the books. There's... There's a, a momentum that's happening that I think I think for most viewers is probably pretty satisfying, but I could also see like some of the smaller moments are getting lost. And um, I, I don't know. I, I think right now it, it feels good. We've got three episodes down, a couple more to go this season. And but I, I, I think it'd be nicer to stretch things out a little bit more because we're getting so close to the end. It's just it just all happens so quickly, and then. You know, I've been thinking about this, and, and maybe, you know, before we get to the other important plot points, like, yeah, I remember, like, last season, like, you know, you start off episode one, you put the pieces out, episode two, you build, episode three, there's a payoff, or episode four, there's a payoff, but there was a lot more building episodes, and I feel like you kind of, they kind of have to do double duty now, and that they have to do building and paying off simultaneously, and this is really hard to do. It's amazing that they've done it so far, but I agree with you. I think some of the smaller moments, the nuances of Game of Thrones are being glossed over by my memories of the big battles and the meetings than, you know, kind of the small things in between. So I don't know. I definitely I agree with you that the show is totally tonally and totally changed. Uh, but I don't think it's for a bad thing. And as long as we continue to get uh, the the quality of entertainment from this show, like I'm still down to do it. Like the the scene with Cersei and Alaria, like it's so dark and it's so <laughs> it's so twisted, but it's also you know so Game of Thrones, of totally. course, of course. And it's a great yeah. transition because like again another, I and mean, maybe I should have been thinking ahead a little bit more, but like of course she wants. Uh, you know, Alaria Sand. Like, Alaria Sand yeah. killed her daughter, and now she's exacting revenge on her, and in a brutal way, one of the most brutal ways possible, to just to have her die in front of her without being able to, to do anything about it. And 
Um, you know, I, I, I think it, it made sense to have them still on screen. What, what they ultimately do with Alaria, we'll see. Um, it was interesting that, uh, you know, we see Yara, um, Greyjoy, being paraded through the streets of King's Landing, but we don't, I don't think we necessarily see her being brought to Cersei. I think that is more of a prize for Euron. Um, and you know what he does with her, we'll see. I don't have any very, I don't have very good feelings for Yara. Oh, no. I think she's gonna die a very brutal, brutal, brutal death in the next episode. Yeah. I I think that you would lose a lot of money betting that she's gonna live through season through episode four. Yeah. It's just I oh boy. Yeah. We'll see. It, you know, it could be one of those things where he tries to to get to Theon again in a way, and and, and ultimately kill her I, I don't know I, we'll see um but yeah i mean talk about such a yeah. shift for cersei so we i think at the beginning of the season most of us were probably like well cersei's on the iron throne but she's totally fucked because danny's coming with all the dragons and all such a large the army ships. and the fleet of ships and like how the tables have turned in basically three hours of television where it doesn't feel so one-sided anymore and Basically, Danny is starting to probably have to grasp at straws and try to become a little bit more creative, and maybe she's going to start to doubt Tyrion. Uh, well, I loved I loved the small council where they're like, "Well, absolutely, you you cannot ride the dragons. Yeah. Of course not. Yeah, well, there's somebody else in the room who could ride those dragons. Let me tell you. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it, I, uh, it, it's it's that's crazy. why you need Bran. That's why you get got to get back to Bran because Bran knows. Yeah. Well, so that is a whole other thing, but I, I want to stick on uh, just wrapping up on Yaron. He is so I think what they've tried to show you is like how evil like men can be in their menness and like the different forms of like men's evil. So like men, man's immaturity, evil, or man's evil from derived from immaturity is absolutely uh, Joffrey. Yeah. You know, he is just an immature, evil douchebag that is just fucked. Whereas evil Ramsey is like, he has been tortured and destroyed and ridiculed his whole life for being a bastard. And like, this is like his now, you know, fully in embodied evil. And like, Euron is like the Joker in that he's, he's very <laughs> chaotic, but he is the most evil exponent of anything robbing, pillaging, raping, fucking killing. He doesn't give a shit. And yeah. I think that that makes his character very, very powerful in terms of Game of Thrones because you can never anticipate what's going to happen or what could happen with him. And I think that that is an awesome factor of his, uh, you know, rise in the last few seasons. Yeah, and, and um, I think he's a character that we we weren't really considering going to the season like how much of an important role he was going to have. And obviously he, he captured and, and, and killed several sand snakes and the fleet that was leaving Dragonstone. And then he even basically cut off the Unsullied at Casterly Rock. Like whether he physically was there, but his fleet was there, destroyed the, the fleet that took the Unsullied there. You know, it was a complete setup. And so now they're stuck on the other side of, of the, the continent and, Either Danny has to go find a way to rescue them or get ships over to them. Who knows? Like that, there's definitely a war coming. Um, but it, I, I think 
we probably thought it was going to be fought at Casterly Rock, and it's looking more like it's going to be fought somewhere else, like High Garden or right outside of King's Landing. Yo, yeah, it's definitely going to be much further south than we thought. And I, I think it's cool, and I'm excited to see them continue. I was bummed for uh, Grey Worm that it was not, you know, that he kind of got led into the situation where he is out on his own and he's not going to be able to come back safely. Like, I guess he could come back via Dragon, but I don't think he will. Yeah. And I think uh, wherever, Grey, wherever Grey Worm ends up is going to be where he ends up. So yeah. I'm a little bit sad to see that kind of get set up. Um, but we don't know. Uh, let's talk about Jamie Lannister for a minute here, because, like, motherfucker was uh, getting some head, getting getting some head, and then he uh, was on uh, his way to Highgarden, like, immediately with the entire army and Bronn? Yep. I mean, uh, so, like, first of all, Cersei doesn't give a fuck anymore. She's like, no. I don't care who sees us. I'm the queen. They can fucking do whatever they want. Uh, and say whatever they want. You are my lover and my, you know, who knows what's going to happen there. But, like, he's he's a little skeptical, I think, about being so open about it. But then, yeah, gets shipped off to war and, like, goes... I, I thought that was such a cool scene to have Tyrion uh, talking over what, you know, the Unsullied were going to do and how they were going to take Casterly Rock and how it was a strategic win and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, ultimately totally not even think about what the enemy is going to do and say, see how Cersei could outsmart him and probably Jamie to a de to degree to take out Lady Olena, Queen of Thorns. Like, this was huge. Um, yeah. And what a scene. Oh, my God. Like, she, even in, you know, her last moments, are still, like, manipulating. Fucking still, Queen of Thorns. She's, she's the Queen good. of Thorns. She's you know, mic drop for sure. Like, oh yeah. yeah, by the way, I killed your son. <laughs> tell tell your wife I did that. <laughs> she wants oh, to. Sure. She'll, I want her to know that it was me. And like, oh my god, it was such an epic, epic conversation there. That you know, she, Jamie didn't have to say much, but you know, it I think impacted him. I, I think, and continuing to go on my theory of like why a reason why he may begin to start to doubt. Cersei's sanity and her her motivations, um, because you know you've got a, a character like this that by she she's outlived most, you know she's in Game of Thrones time, you know she's outlived most of the you know her family, everyone in her family for sure, and so you know now basically another full house taken off the map. Lost what? Go Isn't ahead. it interesting how they merged what we were talking about a few weeks ago, where, like, if you're going to see, like, a really nice kind of conversation between two people, it's probably going to be the last time you see them. Yeah. <laughs> <You> <laughs> like, I, it was it was so interesting to see that happen. And you're like, wow, she's going to die. Um, I also thought Jamie would have been angrier. Yeah. I didn't think he was very angry. I thought he was kind of like, well, you're you're about to die. Well, <laughs> you know, like, I, I think there's part of him that probably never believed that Tyrion did it. So right. you know, he loves Tyrion. Yeah, it's his brother, and like, I think you know, I think it played out a little bit differently than in the show than it did in the books. But I think there's an element that you know he kind of believes his brother, and that Tyrion was just sort of saying it to to hurt him and to to just like to move on. But um, I, so I don't think he's necessarily surprised that it was Lady Olena that actually killed Joffrey, but. 
I think you know there's also an element probably that he's like he was a little shit. <laughs> not that any you know parent wants to see this coming to their 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 child but like he he again as the kingslayer certainly knows what it's like to uh you know know the point of no return for some some of these characters that are close to you um but yeah what a way for for her to go um will it'll be interesting to see what happens next because it seems like jamie isn't quite heading straight back to king's landing and that there's going to be uh, some sort of aftermath there, whether you know it, it's with um, the the Dothraki coming across or, or or the Unsullied, whatever it may be. But I think he's going to be out in battle for a while. Um, but I, I think at, at this point we can kind of maybe shift gears. I, I I saw this one theory. I don't know if I quite believe it that. Um, the the handmaiden or whomever basically saw uh, Jamie and Cersei together um, outside of the bedroom could have been Arya. I don't mm-hmm. buy it. I, I I think I do still think that Arya is heading north. Um, obviously, we didn't see her this episode, but we did have a very big reunion that again long time coming between Sansa and Bran. Oh, for sure. And. Uh, it, it's it's crazy how uh, how Bran has kind of not gone off the deep end necessarily, but he's changed drastically, and he's not oh, the yeah. same person. He's he's the three eyed raven, and uh, it, it, it's so he's so cold now that you know it's like oh hi Sansa, you looked beautiful at your wedding, <laughs> where you were raped brutally for hours on end. Yeah, I think that this was a key thing that the showrunners put in to separate. Braun from Sansa so that Littlefinger can drive a a wedge further between them. Yeah. Like, like as much as, like, it seems like, uh, (sighs) um, you know, we want all the Starks back together, like, this just seems like, you know, Sansa is kind of doing her own thing. She's kind of on her own heels. And by the time Arya gets back, if she gets back next episode or maybe after, uh, Sansa will have been in charge at Winterfell for some time. Yeah. And it will have definitely taken on a lot of the leadership roles that uh, she's doing. And I think that it's definitely going to impact her and Jon's relationship when he, when, when he gets back because of how he runs things and how she thinks about things that, you know, tend to differ at times. Uh, I also am curious to hear what Sansa says or feels about uh, Danny. I think that it could be, she could very much be like, yeah, like, I don't trust this bitch. I don't trust that she has dragons. I don't believe you. Like, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Like, you must have been under some kind of, you know, potion or something. She mm-hmm. poisoned you. And, like, she doesn't necessarily have to believe John if John gets back there. Uh, I would sure. love to see Arya come back to Winterfell. I'm excited if that happens, but also, I'm okay either way. Like, I, I can be fulfilled because of a few episodes ago. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I think we've been waiting for her to come back for so long that it's like if she gets to Winterfell it's sort of like okay and then what what's her role from there like she's she's trained to be an assassin she's not you know a warrior she's not a lady like do do they they come together and then ultimately all come up with a plan for how Arya can you know infiltrate some enemy and whatever it may be but I, I just I think you're gonna have some conflict there in with 
with Sansa and John, and like I, I think they'll be protective over her, and they're not going to be like, oh yeah, go kill Cersei for us. Like they're not going to let that happen. So I think ultimately, whatever happens with Arya getting there, I think it'll be bittersweet in a way. It's like we'll see everyone together, and then there's going to be another splintering very soon after. I, I just hope it's with enough time for John to get back. Like I could see her next episode, John the episode after that. And then, like in the finale, everyone kind of splits again. And um, but because I, you know, I'm really eager to see Bran and, and John. I think you know most Game of Thrones fans are, are probably eager for that because of the whole R plus L equals J scenario and how we've got some information but we don't have all the information. And John certainly doesn't. Um, but it's great that he, you know, he's there now. Um, I, I think. Probably most fans were like, okay, as someone was coming to the, the doors of Winterfell, it's either Bran or Arya, who's it going to be? And um, I think it made sense for, for it to be Bran since we we had Arya last week. But um, a- anything else with, with this week's episode that you, uh, you really want to touch on? Not really. I think that, you know, uh, I'm really glad that we get to review these episodes and talk about what they are. I think that each episode kind of warrants its own amount of time also. Uh, depends on how much time has passed since we watched it. Yeah. Uh, I would also be down to rewatch some episodes of Game of Thrones. I've never actually rewatched a Game of Thrones episode besides Battle of the Bastards. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly just because I feel like one day again I'd probably like to rewatch them all in a row. Yeah. Probably before next year. But I, you know, uh, I would be open to rewatching them before podcasting too. That may, that may be helpful. That, yeah, that could uh, be helpful for sure. Yeah. I, I, I've I've done some rewatching, but not you know within the season it's usually once a, a season's over i'll you know go back and watch an earlier season or go and watch like a finale to kind of recap myself but yeah we'll see i, I think uh that, that that may be helpful in the future because there is so much detail so much. um you know and even some of the stuff like from the after episode um the inside the episodes like sure. they go into detail there um so we're you know really close to having episode uh, four come out. Um, so basically almost halfway through the season, um, oh my God. which is crazy to think that it's, it's going so quickly. But uh, ju- just to tease a little bit of what's to come, um, we, the Long Lost Heroes podcast, have joined up Team Forces a little bit with our friends over at the Game Brew. So uh, stay tuned for a really, really cool crossover bit. Um, we, uh, we will also have some of the members of the Game Brew on our podcast next week, and they will be joining us to talk Game of Thrones episode four, and basically probably most of the season so far. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But I think otherwise, that kind of pretty much does it for this week's episode. It does. Thank you very much, everybody. We appreciate your time. Uh, as always, I'm AJ. And I'm Frank. You can find us at longlostheroes.net. You can find us on social media at LLH Podcast. You can email us at uh, info at longlostheroes.net. If you have any questions, comments, please feel free to leave them. We'll read them. Leave a rating and review. Subscribe to the podcast. We love you. Thank you so much, everybody. Uh, Have a good weekend. Thanks, everybody.